1: Good morning, this is Frida Liu. You're listening to Open for Business. Education for All is a global movement led by UNESCO to ensure that all children and adults have access to basic education of good quality. Ideas Academy here in KL is rooted in that sentiment. They aim to provide high-quality, affordable education to students in KL by bridging technology and traditional education. They use the IGCSC curriculum along with other extracurricular activities such as coding classes and entrepreneurial classes to educate, empower and enable students to become successful contributing to Citizens of the world, I'm here with Jan Willem Smolders from Ideas Academy. Good morning, Jan.
0: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: So this this Ideas Academy was started in 2016 uh, to address the movement education for all. Now, why is this movement important to you? Starting this in 2016.
0: Um, uh, in fact, we started in 2014 and uh, were involved with several uh, educational projects in the refugee communities. And we saw that there was a lack of secondary education. And uh, bit by bit, we, you know, we grew into it and saw what an enormous impact it had on, uh, on young individuals here in Kuala Lumpur. Right. And uh, being in Malaysia for over 13 years, we had to contribute ourselves.
1: Okay. What is your background, Jan? Jan? Um,
0: well, I'm now here the um, uh, Managing Director of Creating Winners, which is a uh, gamification uh, IT company. And I myself come from uh, hotel management.
1: Okay. So, you know, it's obviously a deeper reason why you started this, right? I mean, from hotel management and of course with gaming and all that. And what was, what was it that you saw that got you to take action?
0: Um, well, in all honesty, it was my wife who started to introduce me to uh, different activities in the volunteering arena. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was a volunteer from the very start that we moved to Malaysia, helping out uh, mainly primary schools. And uh, at some point I started to get involved in the way that I like to get involved. Uh, I was doing a lot of fundraising and, Mm -hmm. you know, from one thing came the other. And at some point we had raised a significant amount. Uh, And that was a starting point to grow it into something more serious than just donating bits of funds to, uh, to these primary schools.
1: Right. So 2014, now close to eight years. How many students do you currently have and how many, you know, I guess would have gone through uh, Ideas Academy?
0: Well, we started with a first class of 24 students and we've grown every year by taking on a new year. And Mm -hmm. that's how we developed the curriculum over the years. And uh, now we're at around 175 students with a capacity to grow to uh, around 300 students.
1: Okay. And where are you located?
0: right now we're located at the Fraser uh, Business Park, which is at the south end of Pudu. Uh, but we're actually looking around for a new location because our plans are taking us towards a international school license for which we need a, a larger premises.
1: And okay, so fine, getting the students and it's grown, do they do they, do they they pay fees? How does it work? How do you actually, it's a social enterprise you say, so do they pay any fees? Um,
0: we are transforming into a social enterprise. Right mm-hmm. now we are in fact a charity. Uh, we were founded by, two charities. One was the uh, Young Refugee Cause based in the Netherlands, which uh, I myself with a group of uh, expatriates set up and we then joined forces with IDEs, which is a uh, think tank policy research think tank Mm -hmm. here in Malaysia. Together we founded the uh, IDES Academy and that was based on charities. So we were uh, fundraising throughout the year and uh, a couple of years back, especially when the Corona crisis hit us, we said we can't continue like this anymore. We're too reliant on uh, external factors. We have to transform into a social enterprise price so that we can be self-sustainable.
1: Okay, so I mean, I'm just thinking as well, right, with the pandemic, what did you guys get up to? How did you transform?
0: Yeah, the pandemic uh, accelerated everything because we were wondering, can we survive, uh, you know, mainly... Malaysian charities were focusing on other issues. We were aligned on some European charities. They were also focusing on different stuff, so we were very doubtful if we could continue. At the same time, uh, students couldn't come into the classrooms anymore. But uh, all the teachers went through Google uh, certified training. Uh, We got some extra donations in and had a complete uh, online structure set up and our classes continued straight away. So what we did is we uh, created different platforms where students could follow online classes and the moment there was some leniency they would come back into the classroom and we called it combined cl- uh, classes right. so half online and half physical classes
1: okay and how many and te- that's been
0: working out very well
1: right how many teachers do you have
0: uh, right now we have 10 full-time teachers and around six support staff
1: right was it easy finding the teachers it's never easy to find great teachers right but uh, uh, a lot of people like to align
0: with the uh, with the vision of the academy so we do have some pool factor there
1: okay and that vision of the academy is? Well, the vision of the academy is uh, to
0: be a self-sustainable school for underprivileged students. So mm-hmm. that means uh, refugees and stateless, but also uh, local underprivileged students who are looking for international education.
1: Right. And, and so you were saying that um, getting the students, it's not a problem finding the students in the sense that you don't have to convince the parents the importance of education. Or is there a, a deeper challenge there that we, we're not aware of?
0: Uh, no, no, it is uh, quite challenging, especially because we are at a certain age of the the children in secondary education. That especially as they get older, they are pulled back oh. into the families as they need to contribute to uh, yeah to right. sustain. Uh, a lot of refugees cannot afford the travel to the uh, to the school. There's a there's a lot of uh, challenges.
1: And this usually happens at what age?
0: Well, we run a secondary school from right. um, year six to mm. um, to year 12. And especially in the last years, we can see that some of these students are pulled back right, uh, to help out.
1: Okay. And this is like, you know, 15 onwards kind of thing and they drop out there.
0: That's where we see the highest dropouts ratio. Of course, we also have Mm -hmm. positive dropouts where Mm -hmm. uh, refugees are resettled to another country.
1: Okay, so that kind of dropout is fine. But when you see them actually leaving at 15, do you see there being a difference? If it was a boy or a girl, is gender a factor here as well?
0: No, not really. I mean, both genders are pulled out at times to help contribute. In general, we are quite successful to keep them in. Mm. Teachers uh, are notified when this is uh, about to happen. They start speaking to the parents and convince them about uh, a better future and how they can compute, contribute later on, uh, and how this has a far larger impact than having them work now for a um, yeah for lower wages in the in the jobs that are typically the 3ds, right?
1: Right. Yeah. The 3ds. Dirty, right. dangerous, difficult. D- dirty, dangerous, difficult. And so this is a way for them to get out of that cycle, so to speak, right? So you you currently split your students' week into two days of physical classes and. three online. Is that because of the pandemic? And, you know, do you plan to change this, this sort of structure?
0: Uh, we plan to keep the uh, possibility of full online classes because mm. of the uh, location of a refugee mm-hmm. or of a student, I should say. And we uh, continue to have self-study online mm-hmm. where students can follow the classes and hand in homework. But the uh, f- combined classes are transforming back to uh, full physical classes.
1: Right. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about how you receive funding from Clarion New Life Capital uh, out of Singapore in just a moment. I'm here with jan Willem Smolders from Ideas Academy stage. To open for business, BFM eighty nine point nine.
0: Bribe free Malaysia, BFM eighty nine point nine. The Business Station.
1: This is Frida Liu, you're listening to Open for Business. I'm here with Jan Willem-Smulders from Ideas Academy, uh, which was started in 2014 to address UNESCO's movement, Education for All, starting as an NGO to help with uh, refugee students or marginalized communities within Malaysia. They're evolving now into a social enterprise. Now, if you look at the, the you know, what's what have you seen recently, the newer name and, and, and of course, the concept education? How has the growth in number of students attending your school changed? and even the teachers-to-student dynamics and ratio?
0: In our case, the ratio hasn't changed. Uh, The moment we take on new students, we have budgeted that we can take on uh, the right amount of uh, teachers, of course. And I must say, we also have a controlled growth because up to date, we have been completely reliant on donations. And so we can uh, pretty much know how many students we can take on.
1: Okay. And so the challenge would be getting more teachers on board. Is that is that it as well? Is the, that, It's always a chicken and egg situation, right?
0: Um, so far, we've been very uh, lucky to find uh, teachers quite mm-hmm. easily, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, for us, it's now the, uh, looking into the growth of non-UNHCR students, okay. which means local uh, local students that are looking for competitive, high-quality education in right. the international curriculum.
1: Right, and you've also uh, integrated coding into your curriculum, right? And and why have you prioritised coding for your students?
0: Well, we took a look at our um, group of students and thought, how can we best help them to make a difference in the future? And looked at, you know, um, skill-based activities like setting up a cafe or a hairdresser where they were learned to act as a waiter or, Mm. uh, you know, even a a small owner. But we thought then we're just improving their current sets of skills in possibly the 3Ds environment. So... We said, why can't we help them be part of the the, the ongoing future of technology where they can make far higher salaries, get far better access to established brands who are usually far more easy to engage with and easy to work with wherever they are based.
1: Right. And then, of course, like moving into a social enterprise, right? Obviously, it's going to be revenue skewed. Is that then the idea that you'll be charging higher fees, I guess?
0: The idea is that at the right point of time, the refugee fee contributions go down. And the school fees for local students are sufficient to Mm. run a 50 percent, 50 percent model, one for one. So that is the long term goal that we achieve, that there are 50 percent of local students and 50 percent of students that have a UNHCR grant.
1: Okay. Now, what about the other extracurricular activities that you do uh, beyond coding? Um, Are there also inter-school events that your students take part in?
0: Yes, we have a lot of uh, partnerships with universities um, and other international schools. The uh, universities often come to our uh, premises Mm -hmm. to do uh, extra classes. Uh, With the international schools, it's often a a shared project that students from different classes work on together. So there's a lot of exposure that, uh, that our kids get to other nationalities and schools. And that's the whole idea of Hades Academy. Right. It has to be a humanity school where, you know, people from all layers of the community are represented.
1: Right. You know, before we get into how you've received funding, you know, I mean, how else would you want uh, corporations and the public to support this?
0: Uh, yeah, there are so many ways that uh, people mm. can get involved. I mean, it starts with an individual um, coming to our school. That could be to be part of the uh, the teaching process or doing presentations or exposing them to some kind of skill. It could be um, tech companies that want to do, give external classes, have their tech developers uh, present or do uh, projects together right. with students. I mean, um, it it goes far far beyond just donating funds. Mm.
1: Okay, and are you looking more fun- for more funding, though?
0: Well, we're always looking for more funding because <laughs> more funding means more possibilities for um, for these students, right? But at this stage, we' we are um, mainly looking at a uh, new premises so that we can grow into the international school license.
1: okay. so if now so that's immediate need, looking for new premises. Uh, if you had a wish list, where would you like it located? I'm putting it out there for you. Where would you like it located? Uh, what kind of what would you what do you see in this new premise?
0: In this new premise, I see twenty five thousand square feet at least. okay. Uh, I see that we are close to an uh, an MRT or an lRT or a train, right. It must be a relatively uh, safe area once we are in the building, so mm. it, it means like you know the building cannot be entered from multiple points, and uh, yeah, then all uh, usual facilities. You know, the, mm. the, if there's a field of grass close by, better.
1: All right. So, so I'm I'm putting out there because there's also a lot of empty buildings that are not fully utilized at the moment in KL.
0: So maybe yes, I know, and that's. <laughs> A great way of getting uh,
1: funding support, <laughs> yeah. Right. So, okay, yes, you receive you. you receive funding from Clara New Life Capital, uh, you know, and it's CNC. Uh, this CNC is a Singapore-based company managing a private social impact investment fund, and they invest in business mm-hmm. enterprises uh, in the early to late stages, mm-hmm. primarily in the areas of education, agriculture, healthcare, and housing for the underserved in Asia. Now, how will this uh, funding, or you know, be helping you in your expansion plans?
0: Uh, what we did is we submitted our business plan to um, to Clarion Fund and um, explained to them that we are transforming into a social enterprise. We want to achieve a position of where we can self-sustain ourselves and make a, a very small margin on it because we still want to be a non-for-profit uh, social enterprise. Right and projected the number of students that we would need to achieve and how we would achieve it. And basically, that's what they invested in. Mm. They gave us the space by taking a small uh, share into the organization, mm. but also by providing us extra credit so that we can achieve these goals.
1: Okay. And obviously, you're looking, like I said, help in other ways as well, right? Um, you know, when you've when you you know you've been here for a while and you've been working with the community, what is the challenge in Malaysia, you know, in terms of... Um, are are we not helpful enough? What is the issue? Is it because they're not recognised? Uh, you know, to go to schools and all that. I mean, can can this sort of change? What would you like to see change in Malaysia? Oh,
0: very difficult. I mean, the easiest would be if Malaysia could sign up with the uh, Refugee Act, right? Acknowledging refugees, you know, that mm. immediately gives them the right to find legal work and, and roll into the education system so that by, would be by far the best position and for the rest i can't really um, complain i think malaysians are quite helpful and also willing to help out there's a lot of malaysian volunteers jumping in there have been lots of malaysian companies uh, supporting us um, yeah but you know there can always be more
1: Right. Okay. Okay. So f- first of all, you know, we hope that, we'll, you know, the ability to work and study here can change. But really, also at the same time, it's, it's humanity, right? It's humanity. Um, and hopefully they get, you know, uh, posted somewhere, or they get accepted somewhere. But really, it's about humanity and helping others. Are there any final thoughts, uh, Jan Willem, that you'd like to share about what you're doing at Ideas Academy?
0: Um, yes, I, I just hope that uh, people who are listening to this and see that there is, uh, you know, a possibility for them to play a role. That they that they reach out to us and um, and make a step. What we're um, um, what we're hoping to achieve, I think, is is so important. There is nothing like it. There are schools who allow refugees or underprivileged into their system, mm. uh, and we're usually talking about a few percent. Right. But if we can achieve our plans uh, and run a school that has, at minimum, 50 percent. Students that are on a grant because they are UNHCR students. I think we're achieving a social enterprise that can be so scalable and replicated right. anywhere. Right. And that's the ideas.
1: Okay. Well, thank you uh, for your time and also the work that you're doing. Um, I've speaking to Jan Willem Smolder from Ideas Academy. You've been listening to Open for Business, the FM 89.9.